How do you lead an effective retail team? NHPA's Leading Your Team course teaches managers how to resolve conflict, how to establish trust, how to develop talent among your staff, how to improve team communication, and so much more. This course is offered online and is geared towards new and seasoned managers. Enroll today no matter where you might be on your management journey. Visit yournhpa.org FOL for more information. Welcome to another episode of Tell Me More, hosted by myself, Renee Shagnon. In today's episode, I'm talking with Michael Stoddard, owner and president of Westside Decorating Center in Saginaw, Michigan. The company has been serving customers since 1966. Locals come to Westside Decorating Center for home improvement needs related to paint, window treatments, flooring, and interior design services. Listen to this episode to learn about Mike's journey in the industry and the company he's been a part of since 2000. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hi, Renee. We're, we're excited to have you here. So I figured before we really dove in um, into the podcast, what we could do is just start off with you um, introducing who you are. Um, I'd just love to get a little background on on your life before joining the business um, and then what kind of brought you there. I believe it was 2000 based on what I saw on your website. So I'd love to yeah. kind of get the backstory of who you are. And, and should we call you Mike or Michael? Uh, Mike is fine. Okay, great. Perfect. Yeah. So I, uh, I basically grew up in the business. Uh, my grandpa started it uh, in 1966 and uh, it's been a uh, family business throughout. So uh, my mom and aunt worked there. Uh, mm-hmm. So as a kid, I would, uh, I would always go to the store and, uh, and help her with things, uh, you know, just as a small kid. So I got to see the store and the employees and everything, uh, you know, growing up. And then uh, in 2000, I, I graduated, well, I graduated in 2001, but in 2000, I started at Westside, um, you know, just as a co-op student. Uh, just a couple of days a week and uh, uh, worked there through high school. You know, it was kind of a way for me to uh, sneak out of school a little early, um, learn the business, um, uh, work in the family business, like I said. And then uh, from there, I went to college, got a business degree, and then uh, decided that I wanted to uh, take over the store and uh, continue working there. Cool. So what would you say was like, and this is kind of just going off of that question, but like, what was it like growing up in a family business? And I I talked to a lot of retailers. Originally, we worked mainly with the hardware industry. And so now that um, the paint and decorating industry is part of our umbrella too under NHPA, I'm guessing that it's pretty similar as as it would be for uh, someone who grew up in a hardware store. But like, what were some of the things that um, stand out to you? Like, were you learning how to use the paint? Um, I don't even know what it's called, the shaker oh, or whatever. Yeah, the or shakers, like... uh, tent machines. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it was all, all of that. Um, you know, when I'd go to the store, uh, you know, I'd get to meet even the contractors that were there because they usually hang out at our store. So, uh, mm-hmm. we got to, I got to meet the customers, all the employees. Uh, at that time we actually had two locations. So, uh, my mom, uh, being like an office manager would run between the two, uh, my aunt yeah. worked there. So for me, it was like, it was like family, uh, obviously, cause I had family there, but, uh, all the employees yeah. were like family too. Yeah. So, um, what do you think is, makes a family business so strong? Cause like, sometimes I wonder, is there that extra pressure of like, okay, we're around each other outside of work and then we're together all day long. Like, 
do you guys do you ever take the take work home with you or you try and like if you're out doing stuff together you don't try and talk about it too much how do you guys kind of balance it oh yeah i mean in in my family i think it's probably the same for my uncle who owned the business before me and and for me because my mom works there uh we we know the ins and outs of everything so uh when we're together i always feel bad sometimes for my dad because it's it's probably like me and my mom are always talking about work uh, so for yeah. us, I think it's a, it's a time to talk about work and then maybe some plan some things away from the store, um, maybe or things that maybe you even can't talk about at the store. So for me, it's always yeah. been a very tight tight knit thing where um, I don't mind talking about work outside of work, and I think that uh, really helps, like you said, it uh, be a tight knit uh, sort of family business. Do you mind telling me just a little bit about like the company when it started and kind of what yeah. led you to the position you're in today and um, just kind of the the foundings of the store to begin with yeah so the foundings were pretty cool uh, my grandpa started it uh like i said 1966 so we're in our 55th year uh wow. he was a, a contractor in saginaw so he was uh, really focused on having big paint crews um you know he had some rental property that he uh, owned so he was uh, always painting things always had crews painting and he started the store um basically uh to have a storeroom or or access to product whenever he needed it because uh, at that time, we didn't have big boxes that were open until nine or ten o'clock to go get paint. Uh, and he yeah. sometimes would have a second shift painting. He needed uh, his contractors to be able to go down to the store and get something at maybe eight or nine, ten o'clock at night. Um, so he started kind of as a storehouse for his employees. And then I think he kind of got the idea: like, why not open this during the uh, the day? Have a manager mm-hmm. here, someone who knows about paint. Um, and that's basically how the company started. Um, we ended up moving a couple different locations, kind of outgrew some of the smaller locations they started in. Um, and then uh, my uncle took over in uh, the 80s, I'd say, and uh, he really grew the business and, and kind of made it more of the decorating center. Uh, we're called Westside Decorating Center. It wasn't just paint at that yeah. time. He included uh, flooring, window treatments, wallpaper, uh, things that people were asking for uh, so that they could sure. come in and kind of have like a one stop shop, you know. Did you work alongside any siblings or any of your cousins or were you the only kind of next generation in the family that was like yeah. interested? Uh- Yep. So um, uh, Gary, the my uncle, so he would have been the one that I obviously worked for in 2000. His uh, all of his kids worked there. Uh, we were they were a little older than me, so I never got to work with them. But um, mm-hmm. my sister worked there. Uh, a lot of friends worked there. Um, you know, from high school, a lot, uh, some of my friends' parents worked there. So um, it's truly been a place where I always felt like it was family, even outside of like I said, our immediate family. Um, so I really enjoy that aspect of uh, being able to bring in uh, family members to work there and learn a lot about uh, business in the paint industry. So were you working at the store while going to college? Because you mentioned you went to you graduated high school and you were working at the store mm-hmm. and then you were in college. So how did what was kind of the timeline there? And were you able yeah. to work in the store still during while you were in school? Yeah, so I went to a university uh, maybe about 20 miles away from my house, so I was still able nice. to, uh, to commute to school, and then I would still, uh, on days off and uh, Saturdays and things, I would work at uh, at the store, uh, more you know, more hours in uh, college than I did in high school, so it was kind of a nice mm-hmm. transition. Um, when I started at, uh, at 18 or 17 uh, in high school, I was doing mostly uh, stock and delivery, uh, you know, sure. just learning the product, things like that. And then a couple of years later, uh, Gary had asked me if I wanted to start working the counter, do sales work. And I really enjoyed that. I like working with customers, obviously, um, you know, more than doing yeah. the delivery and stock stuff. So, um, yeah, through college, I just kind of progressed with that and uh, just, you know, learn more about the business. Gary was always good with 
um, you know, letting me know why we did things and how we did things. It wasn't just, uh, you know, do this and, and there was no more discussion. It was a, a lot of discussion and a lot of teaching, um, which really helped. So it sounds like he wasn't someone that was keeping, you know, maybe a lot of that stuff to himself and instead was like, let me teach as as you're learning along the way instead of deciding to sell. And then in that last six months, having to like really crash course, learn everything like you learned yeah. it along the way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, uh, for, I always tell people working with Gary for 20 years, um, I learned so many things. And uh, I even have customers tell me that I sound just like Gary, you know, things I say <laughs> or, or or mannerisms or things like that. I'm like, well, when you work for, with someone for 20 years and you learn so much from them, uh, it's hard to, uh, to not pick up on all those uh, good habits, you know. Um, so what what led you to um, decide to you know, buy the business, become the owner, and then the the vice president. Like, what kind of led you to your role you're in today? And like, what were some of the other things you did along the way? Like, were you ever like a manager, or what were some of your other things that you did um, yeah. from starting as a high schooler to then eventually purchasing the business? Yeah. So, um, you know, in our store, we're a smaller store. Uh, we usually average between eight to ten employees. So, okay. Uh, well, I never really had a manager title. Um, I don't know if that was uh, really necessary at our store because we, yeah. we have kind of separate departments. We have um, like a paint department, a design department. Um, sure. And I was always able to. Uh, Gary was really good with letting me kind of uh, run with whatever I was working on. Um, you know, whether it was starting like an e-commerce store, which we have. Um, other ideas that I had, it was it was kind of like he trusted me enough to just uh, do what I needed to do. So, um, you know, manager without the title probably is, is what I was most of the time. Um, yeah. I always worked very closely with the, the guys in our paint department that had been there for 20 years. But while they were uh, waiting on contractors, I was trying to think of the next uh, big idea for either marketing, sales, internet, something uh, bigger than that. So um, that kind of progressed. Uh, Gary and I always talked about me uh, purchasing the business because his kids, um, like I said, were a little older than me. They'd already progressed through the business and, and either found their career or one is in the mm -hmm. paint industry currently, oh, but cool. um, had moved, moved away and was not going to yeah. move back to, uh, to take over the store. So um, it was kind of like I was the only family member left at the time. And of course, uh, being there for so many years uh, was kind of a, a shoe in to, uh, to purchase. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. And, I, I, and after that many years too, um, you know, I enjoy it so much. I don't know if I could picture doing anything else. So would you consider yourself pretty good? Um, like if you have a project around the house, you don't, you never have to call or ask someone for help because you know it, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, as far as like painting and, and things like that, uh, those are projects I would tackle. Uh, I've never yeah. really gotten into like installing a flooring or tile or anything like that. Yeah. But we have, uh, we have great, uh, great installers Specialists. that I know from the store. So of course they've worked yeah. in my house and, uh, and done all that kind of stuff for me. But yeah, painting projects, uh, not, not a problem for me. Yeah. Nice. What would you say is kind of your day-to-day -day focus and what are some of the like long-term goals you have for the business? Yeah. So, I mean, day-to-day, -day, I, I kind of uh, have my role as, as helping the employees as much as I can. And, and whether that is, uh, you know, waiting on customers, placing orders, um, helping them with projects, uh, pretty much, I, I pretty much do everything I can to help the employees. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a, a good role right now because with, with COVID and everything that's happened, uh, we're a little shorter staff than usual, uh, yeah. which means that I, I get to be in the store a little bit more. But I think, uh, again, with COVID, that's not a, a bad thing because it's hard to go out and network right now with, uh, with everything that's happening. So, um, so for me, uh, day to day is uh, pretty much in the store, um, helping the employees, um, 
trying to grow sales, obviously, and grow profit margins is something that we're always interested in. But long-term goals, um, always looking for new, uh, new products or product categories. Um, we try to say that we are different than the big box because we can sell pretty much whatever we want. We don't have a cookie cutter a plan for each store that's the same. So uh, we've always tried to look for new things, uh, niche items, uh, unique things that we uh, don't have as much competition with. So I think down the road, mm-hmm. whether that's a new product that we're always looking for, it might be some new product categories. For instance, we don't sell uh, countertops or tile at the, uh, at the moment. We don't have a big enough showroom to display all those. So down the road, uh, possibly a bigger store, bigger location, um, more product categories. You were still a fairly new business owner and yeah. faced with like something that no one could have predicted, no one expected. Yep. Um, what was that experience like like for you? And I mean, I'm kind of having flashbacks right now because this is literally the week that our association said, okay, guys, we're going to have you work from home. Um, we had already kind of been in the process of figuring some of that out if we ever wanted to do kind of a virtual opportunity as well. And so, yeah, we've been virtual for a year and I'll be so excited when we, when we do finally get back into like seeing each other in person. Sure. Yeah. Us too. <laughs> I mean, we were, uh, you're right. I took over August, 2019. So, um, uh, the fall is always very strong for us. Um, I, I think like mm-hmm. most retailers, once we get into, um, December, uh, January, those are our slowest months. So we, yeah. we made it through those months. And then, uh, I was really looking forward to, you know, tax season refunds coming back. A lot of people then start to spend it in home improvement. And of course yeah. then COVID hit and, uh, what a, uh, unpredictable time. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Um, but the funny story was, uh, the day that, uh, the day that our governor said that they were going to shut down, like the next day, basically the state, uh, we were so busy that day. We had, we had, we had so many customers in the store. I couldn't believe it. Uh, we ended up staying, uh, two of us till nine o'clock that night, mixing orders, uh, for customers because they were thinking, if I'm going to be stuck at home, I need some paint. Might as I need well something knock this to out. do. Yeah. yeah and uh and that was the first time that i kind of thought like i i didn't even know what to expect with the shutdown but i thought i didn't think we'd be busy if we were even able to be open and uh it turns out uh we, you know we had to do curbside for quite a while but mm-hmm. we had a lot of good support from the, uh, our customers and i think like most people in this industry uh they saw a huge uptick in uh, home improvement which uh, i don't think any of us probably really expected so while it was challenging to get through um, we got through it and, uh, and everything's been, uh, it was a good summer and a good fall last year and I'm looking forward to hopefully a good spring and summer this year. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I think what happened is like, especially the home improvement industry, whether it was a hardware store or a paint store, whatever, um, you guys were slammed with like people wanting products and wanting to come in and work on all of their projects and honey do lists. We're getting finally knocked off after years. Yep. Um, and yet at the same time, you're having to like navigate that operational side of like, okay, how do I keep my employees safe? And like, mm-hmm. I have some elderly employees who are maybe, maybe they're retired from their full-time careers and they work here part-time and we got to figure out how to help them or do they come in? And so I think that that was, that seemed like it was more of the challenge for retailers I've talked mm-hmm. to at least is that it wasn't, it wasn't the business was slow. In fact, it was the opposite. It was, it was busier than ever. Um, yep. but then it's just like figuring out how to, how to add some of those things in. So do you think that you'll continue offering curbside if someone like calls and says, Hey, I want to order this. Can I do curbside? Like, I think that yeah. that's something that I'll notice that some retailers hadn't done some of those things. And now it's just like, not that they'll do it all the time. Cause people still come in, but if they wanted to, they could. And now you don't have to like learn it. It's already just an option. 
Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think things have changed uh, permanently. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think what we're going to see down the road is uh, some customers still ask for that. I think a lot of our customers are uh, from the mindset that they want to get back in, like you said, take the mask off, get back into face to face, mm -hmm. uh, get back to life as usual. Yeah, but I still think you're going to have people that are susceptible to uh, to things and need that extra service. And for us, uh, we're, we have a very good location and uh, very easy to do curbside. We did that, like I said, for several months. Um, and we, uh, we were able to do well with it. Yeah, and then you also mentioned earlier that you have e-commerce, so was that something that you noticed? Was there a pickup with your e-commerce traffic or like yeah. how how was that side of the business? Yeah, definitely a pickup there. Um, you know, people at home, again, looking to do those projects. Um, and online, we try to sell those pro products that are not easily uh, found in stores, so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, same same pickup on e-commerce as we had in the store, which was good because that kept us busy. Uh, we only had a few of us working at the store, so like you said, we were busier than really ever because we had less staff there to uh, to handle it. But uh, yeah, definitely got through it and saw the same uh, same thing online as we did in the store. Were you seeing? Uh, I'm assuming you guys probably had N95 masks and they just went like that. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I look back and I'm like, the masks was like masks and hand sanitizer, and then I think yep. the Clorox wipes were like. Yeah, those were hot ticket items there. Yeah, we did have uh, a lot of medical professionals coming in and, and uh, parents buying for their kids that were working in the hospitals because they yeah. Yeah, at that time didn't have any. And we we didn't have a lot of masks. But like you said, they were gone like right away. Gloves were gone. Um, and then, of course, trying to get them back in stock. It, it didn't happen for so many months. And now we have a ton of hand sanitizer, ton of masks. And they all just <laughs> yeah. sit there, you know, <laughs> everyone's already got everything. NHPA's Young Retailer of the Year Awards program is celebrating its 2021 honorees and the program's 25th anniversary in a virtual event on May 5th at 2 p.m. Eastern. This award program would not be possible without the support of our sponsors who have invested in the future of the Independent Home Improvement Channel. Thanks go out to Aero Fastener, Epicor, Fluid Master, Intertape Polymer Group, Midwest Fastener, MyTech, and Pony Jorgensen. To reserve your seat for our virtual award ceremony, visit yournhpa.org slash Y-R-O-T-Y. Um, so do you mind telling me just a little bit? I know we talked a little bit about the history. So your grandfather opened the business in 1966 and then um, your uncle was the one that worked in the like what was the transition from your grandfather to your uncle and then we've kind of talked a little bit about you but what's it like being the third generation in your family to own the business and maybe um what do you think your grandfather would think if he i don't know if he's still um alive and is able to see you or or what do you think he would think if he isn't like is he like what what kind of has that been like for you yeah. being part of the third generation to yeah. take over and run it yeah, well, uh, transition from my grandpa to my uncle, I think was uh, I think was a pretty easy trans uh, transition because uh, my mm -hmm. grandpa was always interested in the in the paint side of the business and the contracting and and Gary kind of went to school for business and sure. it was kind of like one of those things where it was a, a pretty easy thing to happen. Uh, I and Gary took over in the early '80s. My grandpa ended up passing away in '87, so okay, uh, just a couple of years after. So Gary really uh, was the one to grow the business into more what it is today, and then. Uh, you know, like I said, Gary and I always had conversations of sure. when I would take over or what would happen. We did have one uh, thing that threw us for a little loop in 2012. Uh, this was, you know, several years before Gary obviously retired, but we had a fire at one of our locations, or oh, our, no. our only location. Uh, yeah, it happened at night, which was, you know, a good thing nobody was there. Uh, nobody yeah. was injured, but 
um, it was pretty much a complete loss um, of this of that location. And we ended up transitioning into uh, a new building. We thought it would be temporary. We thought we'd be there six months and we would rebuild the uh, where we were at. And yeah. I remember the conversation Gary and I had, which was, you know, he said, would you rather rebuild down there and purchase that building and business from me in the future? Or would you rather stay where we're at? And, uh, you know, we're leasing now in like a, a nice business district. And, uh, you know, he said, would you rather stay here? And we both decided that it was much better where we were, uh, where we moved to. Uh, yeah. Very, uh, very high traffic. A lot of uh, other shopping districts uh, right near us. Where we were at before was kind of on the way to the expressway, kind of just a, a throughway, you know, that uh, people would go to. So, yeah. so we ended up moving locations, and uh, and then several years later, like I said, Gary and I had that conversation uh, that he was ready to retire. I was ready to take over. Um, really excited to do to be a third generation owner because uh, I want to, um, you know, beat that statistic of the, uh, you know, how how bad the third generation owners, uh, you know, what the success rate is of their of their company. Yeah. Uh, I know we'll be successful. We've been successful for so many years. Um, I don't know why third generation businesses fail as often as they do, but I don't have any, uh, you know, any uh, a regret for taking over because I know that this is just uh, going to be as successful as it's been or if not more, you know. Yeah. And if you're passionate about it and, and it sounds like you are, I think that, um, you know, entrepreneurship is something that a lot of people aspire to. So I think it's awesome that it, it's kind of been passed down to you and, um, you know, not in the in the paint industry, but in the hardware industry a couple of years ago, I did a story about like some of the oldest hardware stores in the US. And um, the oldest company that I talked to, um, they have, they're in their like 14th generation. They've been around since- wow. Before the U.S. was technically, it was is out in Massachusetts, so wow. one of the original colonies. And same, like like location, like where they're at is the same. And they had like all these old photos of like it, it was also a timber. They would go out and get the timber and stuff. And so it's like these old timey guys with like these huge saws. It's just like it's really cool. So you know, maybe thirteen generations from now when we're taking trips up and. You know, to Mars and back, your your family members will be like, oh, I remember the third generation. You know, yeah, that's exactly. the goal, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the, the goal. I kind of leave a legacy, um, you know, uh, make my mark on the business. And then hopefully down the road, like you said, uh, if it could be a fourth generation, that would be great. Yeah, definitely. So um, tell me a little bit about the Saginaw, Michigan community. Um, what are your customers like and where exactly are you guys in the state? I, I should have pulled yeah. up like a Google map so I could like <laughs> have an idea. But yeah, so we're about 90 minutes north of Detroit. So, um, OK, it, yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, Michigan looks like a mitten and we're kind of right in between the uh, where the thumb would be. Um, yeah, so we're kind of in they call it the Saginaw Bay area. Uh, Saginaw is a city of maybe around 50,000 people. So um, a okay. you know, smaller big city or a bigger small city, mm -hmm. I should say. Um, yeah. Uh, but our our county has about 250,000 people. So we do have uh, a pretty diverse, uh, you know, customer base to uh, to come into our store. Uh, sure. I'd say, you know, we get, we get so many different kinds of customers, uh, you know, from commercial contractors, general contractors. Um, so we have a pretty good customer mix um, mm -hmm. in Saginaw. I mean, it's... Uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's a growing area, but it's certainly an area that has uh, is interested in keeping up their uh, their businesses and their buildings. So they do sure. spend money on uh, renovation and uh, projects like uh, we can help with. Yeah. So what is 
can you maybe describe the store for us a little bit, like about how many square feet is it, mm-hmm. um, and kind of how is it situated? Maybe walk walk people through, even though they can't see it. Give them a little yeah. bit of a of a description. Yeah, vir- a virtual tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. About about five thousand square feet. Uh, our, our total store is kind of a uh, you know, like a rectangle shaped. Uh, so we devote, I'd say, uh, about 2,500 square feet, about half the store to our showroom, and then the other uh, half would be to our offices, uh, lunchroom. We have a mixing area for our paint, and then, of course, all of our storage of our paint supplies in uh, our forklift area and, and storage and things like that. So uh, when you walk into our store, uh, you do walk into our design department. Uh, we mm-hmm. did that on purpose because, uh, you know, starting as a paint store in 1966, believe it or not, we're, we're still, after all these years, known as a paint store. It's, yeah. uh, you know, when people say I'm going to the paint store, they're, go- they're coming to Westside. So, yeah. uh, which is good to be known for that. But obviously we have much bigger ticket items like window treatments and flooring that we want to sell. So when we set up the store, we had positioned the, uh, the, the, that department, the design department up front. So you basically have to walk through the window treatments and the flooring to get to the paint counter, um, yeah. which I think was a smart idea because we do have a lot of people walk in and say, oh, I didn't know you sold flooring or I didn't know you sold window treatment. So um, that setup is very good. Um, like milk uh, in a grocery store. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the, the back where, you know? yeah, where people have to walk through everything. So, um, yeah, it's a good setup. Um, you know, behind our like sales counter, we have, like I said, our mixing area um, with all of our color machines, uh, shakers. Um, and that's kind of our contractor area, too. Our contractors can enter through the back. If they just need to pick something up, they don't need to come through the front. And, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of design customers that are going to come in and sit down and work with our designers. Um, and they're talking about, uh, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollar projects. So we yeah. try to separate that department from the guy who's coming in to grab a court, you know, and uh, we just need to yeah. take something up and get them out the door in the back. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a diverse customer base, uh, a, a nice store setup. Um, we did move from about ten thousand square feet at our other store to only five here. So while we lost some space, we uh, we really utilized what we had and uh, made it look really nice. So. Sure. So with the design um, offerings, are you guys just helping your customers come up with things or do you also have a team that goes out and if someone's like, I don't want to try and paint this and butcher it myself, can one of you guys do it? Or do you have, do you have kind of like a relationship with some of your pro customer or pro customers and say, Hey, we have someone who's looking for someone like, how does that kind of work? Yeah. So, um, we'll give customers ideas if they need it. A lot of, I'd say a lot of people now are coming in. They've done so much research on Pinterest or Google or something. So yeah. they, they have a pretty good idea of what they want. They might just need some, uh, you know, some suggestions or some, uh, product knowledge of what's available. So, um, our designers, um, they really do everything. I mean, if you came in and had no idea what you wanted, they can walk you through everything step by step. Uh, if you have some ideas and just want to see some product options, they do that. Uh, we have a lot of customers that will call and say, hey, I need uh, I need some help picking out paint colors. And sure. we always will go out to the house because we feel that it's so much better to be able to see the flooring that's there, the light that's coming in, what fabrics are in the room, and be able to pick paint colors off of that. So that's a service we provide as well. And then uh, for our do-it-yourself customers, of course, we'll just mix the paint and they can do things themselves as far as that goes. But if they need flooring, window treatments, or paint um, applied or installed, we have contractors we work with as well. Um, we even have other interior designers that come in our showroom to look at fabrics and uh, wallpapers. So we help those um, interior designers that know what they're doing. We just uh, kind of facilitate a sale if we need to or help them, uh, you know, help their customer, basically. Definitely. Um, so 
what would you say are some of like the top trends right now? Um, and I know that's kind of a, it seems like something that people always want to know, like, what are the trends? What are the trends? So do you feel like you and then the rest of your team always have to kind of stay on top of that? Or do you utilize Pinterest? Are you part of any, like, um, I don't know if it would be other associations or is there anything else where you're getting kind of the, this is what's popular right now, or this is what your customers are looking for. How do you kind of stay on top of those? And what are some of the yeah. things you're noticing in the different categories within your store? Yeah, so uh, as far as window treatments go, a lot of people looking for motorization or automation, basically, or automation, I should say. Um, Sure. You know, blinds that uh, can be controlled by your smartphone or your tablet, uh, which just kind of blows my mind still that you can program your window treatments. You know, I always (laughs) thought we were kind of not a a very high-tech industry, you know, flooring, window treatments, paint, you know, but now that uh, things can be controlled via your smartphone, a lot of people are looking for that in window treatments, um, flooring. A lot of people are looking for, you know, the uh, water-resistant coatings or floor floor coatings. Um, in our paint side, we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of. Uh, I would say in our area, a lot of people are fixing things up. So instead of buying new cabinets, they're sure. painting them. Instead of, uh, you know, buying a new tub or a tub surround, they're uh, putting epoxy on it. So, uh, so we're able to uh, kind of facilitate all of that as well, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd say as far as trends go, like trying to find out what the next hottest trend is or what customers are looking for. Uh, one thing I found is helpful. Um, I joined when, when I uh, took over the business, I found some Facebook groups uh, for sure. business owners in our industry. So one thing that I had always grown up with was the paint side. I was really good at that. But mm-hmm. window treatments and flooring is something I never really worked in because we had our designers do that. And that was you know something that I didn't need to help out with because we always had a uh, our staff there, you know, working on that. So um, I thought it would be a really good idea to get into the flooring, the window treatment groups online on Facebook, because every day you're seeing mm-hmm. new posts of what customers are looking for, what the new trends are. And uh, yeah. that allowed me to learn about it uh, just by logging into Facebook and, and reading through some uh, feeds. Sure. So do you guys post on Pinterest? Like, I don't know if I had a, again, I don't know if I had a question about your social media, but um, what's social media kind of like for you? And do you have specific things that you are active on and, and others that you kind of are like, it's not worth our time? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've always focused mostly on Facebook. I think that's obviously sure. the, the, the big player. Uh, that's what a lot of people uh, are focused on. Uh, and, and I always say it's really hard to to be super good at social media, I think, for a smaller store, because you almost need someone totally dedicated to just doing social media. There's so much yeah. to do. Uh, and I think a lot of people already know this, but, um, you know, Facebook used to be one of those things where you could post and all your customers and followers would see it. Um, now, I think they're saying like two or three percent of your followers see what you post unless so you're paying crazy. for it. So, yeah. So. Um, knowing that you either have to have a marketing budget for Facebook or Twitter mm-hmm. or however you decide to, to market yourself. Um, so we do Facebook, uh, but we also do uh, email blast, which I think a lot of uh, a lot of stores yeah. do. We have a pretty robust list. I think ours is uh, four or five thousand customers. Uh, mm-hmm. We gather those names by doing classes in our store. Our point of sale system allows us to capture that at a point of sale if they want to be added to our list. So. We try to, um, you know, add those names every day because that is a, a super inexpensive way to advertise to your customers um, rather than try to always, um, you know, pay more money on Facebook and hope that you hit a, a few new people. So, yeah, I would actually agree. I almost think that even from like my consumer mindset, I don't really interact with a lot of businesses on social media, but I sign up for their newsletters. And then if I find out if they have a sale or there's a deal or they're hosting an event, 
I'm more likely to to open that and go, oh, that sounds great. I'll go pop into the store. Or, oh, I hadn't thought of that store in a while. I'll go check it out. So yep. I would agree with you. I think that some people think, oh, for email's not some like fun and like the new trendy thing. But I think that a lot of people do subscribe. I mean, I have an email dedicated to my business emails that I receive. So I don't yeah. get my personal email flooded, but um, well, that makes sense. And I sense. would say too, um, like you said, uh, email might be old technology, but um, the newer technology, I guess, too, that we've tried is uh, a texting service where our customers oh. can text us locally. Uh, there's some services where you can even uh, change your store phone number, your main phone number into a textable uh, number. And then you can either receive the, the text on your phone or on a computer and have somebody answer those questions. And I think in this day and age with uh, maybe uh, if you're attracting younger customers, they're going to be a little bit more apt to, um, you know, to text or not want to call. Yeah. Um, maybe they don't want to email, like you said, because they're on their phone so much. It's just so much easier to text. So I think texting is going to be the next uh, kind of big thing for uh for stores like us to be at least attentive to having a number, being able to have someone text you and, and get an answer within, you know, five, 10 minutes or so. What's the name? If anyone hears this and goes, Oh, I hadn't considered that. And that might be a good thing to, you know, research or look into what's a, what's a name that like a company that you've used for that, or are there yeah. a few that they should look yeah, into? I'm sure there's a couple. Uh, I know one, the one that you can use your store phone number is called zip whip. So Z I P W H I P.com. Uh, okay. they'll, um, they'll just verify your phone number. I think they even let you have a trial um, to see if you like cool. it. And uh, it's kind of one of those things where you need to market it and to tell your customers, hey, you can text us at our number as well. So it's something that might take a little while to, to gain some traction. But um, I always thought if you start putting on your business cards, you know, text us anytime at this number. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's uh, it, it's a way. I mean, I've I've closed sales, you know, on my couch at 10 o'clock at night uh, from <laughs> yeah. from texting. And it, it might sound crazy that you're you're so connected like that. But it's one of those things where if you get a text and you don't uh, want to answer till the next morning, you don't have to. If you uh, want to text somebody at midnight and uh, have a conversation, you know, you can do that too. So yeah. it, it, it's just like email. You, it's, not, uh, it's not like a phone call where you have to be there all the time. It's something you can manage uh, when you have the time. Sure. You know, maybe prior to COVID, did you do more like events type things? Like what are, yeah. were events a big part of your business? And is that something you're looking forward to getting back to? Yeah. So um, like you said, with uh, uh, the events, the event question, uh, we used to do classes. Uh, so we would have a, a really popular class we had was called paint it, don't replace it. So sure. getting back to those, you know, cabinets, countertops, bathtubs, furniture, whatever it was, we would have, Gary and I would usually do the class, we'd kind of uh, do half and half where um, he would show half the products and show how to do them and I'd do the other half. And we, it was very well attended. We would have sometimes between 30 and 40 people attend. And mm -hmm. That would be a free class. It would be a, a great way to get them in and see the store. We'd always have customers that had never been in the store before um, coming in for those classes. And then years later, when they're ready to do the project, um, you'd hear them say, yeah, I took a class here a long time ago. And so it may not equate to a, uh, a sale right away, but it's something down the road where they're always thinking about you and saying, I remember learning that at Westside two years ago. Do you mind telling us a little bit about your employees? Um... How many people do you guys have on staff and what's that relationship like with them? Um, are most of them long-term, like they've been there for a while? And, you know, do you have to, do you offer training or what are some of the things that um, you do for your employees, that type of thing? Yeah, so like you said, uh, we do kind of pride ourselves on long-term employees. Um, mm -hmm. We have two currently that started within a couple months of myself. So we're all on our 21st year. 
Um, wow. We have another That's designer. That's amazing. Who is, yeah, we have one designer who's been with us. I think this will be her 11th year, and she has been in the industry almost her whole life. And then another designer that joined us right after our fire, so she's been around almost uh, eight years now. So mm-hmm. a lot of long-term uh, employees, I like to think that, you know, uh, like I said, even though some of us are family there, like currently the only two family members right there uh, right now are my mom and myself that are still there. But yeah. I like to think of it as you know, a West Side family. I mean, we've all been there so long. We know each other so well. Um, I think my relationship with the employees is great. I mean, they've known me uh, as long as they've been there, obviously. And uh, they kind of knew that I was going to be taking over someday. So it wasn't really a, a surprise there or anything like that to them. Um, yeah. As far as training goes, um, our business is one of those ones where, um, you know, uh, I think job shadowing one of us is, is maybe one of the best ways to learn. Sure. Uh, I think most small business owners know that there may not be a manual that would cover everything that an employee needs to know. So when we have a new paint employee come in, it's learning all of our uh, products. We always try to get our uh, reps from those companies, our main companies to come in and give their training to the employees so they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. There are some training courses that we do um, online uh, with those uh, new employees so that they can uh, learn all the basics of how paint is made and uh, what goes into that. Yeah. And then as far as our designers go, uh, like I said, that's more of a hands-on job shadowing uh, the other employees. Uh, but thankfully, uh, like I said, very low turnover. Uh, and that helps me in uh, management of any business. I think when you have low turnover, you don't have to always constantly be looking for new staff or training new people. So, um, and, and our yeah. customers like it because when they come in, they see, they're seeing the same faces they've seen forever. And I think that is a big advantage of us over uh, really any store, like a big box. I mean, how often do you go into a big box and see someone you saw there 20 years ago? I mean, it almost yeah. never And The same thing with our other local paint competitors, uh, PPG and Sherwin-Williams would be two stores where I don't think if you go in there 10, 15 years later, you're going to see the same face that you saw before. Um, no. But at Westside, that's a little bit different. They they feel comfortable with us and they know us. So I think that's a big uh, advantage. Um, so what, I guess, do you enjoy most about being a part of this industry and um, yeah, like what what's it been like being growing up in the industry and um, being a paint and decorating retailer? Like wh- what's that experience been like for you? And it sounds like it's your, this is your, this was your dream job. So it sounds like you yeah. ended up where you wanted to be, but um, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, as far as what I enjoy about it, uh, I like the day-to-day, the day-to-day business um, of going in and, you never really know what the day is going to bring. Um, it could be a, you know, a busy day or it could be a lot of paperwork day, but all those things um, I enjoy because I, I get to, I, I like to accomplish things. So uh, mm-hmm. going in and, and being busy at the counter for me is perfectly fine or being busy um, getting paperwork done and looking at reports and uh, maybe catching up on some things is good too. So, um, but you know, pre COVID, like we talked about, I like to get out of the store too, because I think, you know, being stuck in your store, all day every day is a great way to not know what's going on in your community and you have to get out and network and meet people and talk to people because there can be projects and things going on right in your back door you know back neighborhood right there that you don't even know about if you are stuck in your store all day so um i like the i like the owner aspect because um it it allows you usually the opportunity to be able to walk out of the store and know that the counter's covered not your employees have got everything covered and you can go and you know network and see what's going on outside. So that's one of the major things I like, um, you know, about owning a store and, uh, you know, that role basically. 
So are you involved in like your local chamber of commerce or other like young professional groups? Like how do you as a young professional in the industry stay involved and like what are some of the things you're doing? Yeah, so like you said, yeah, we are involved in our chamber. Um, mm -hmm. I try to, um, you know, I'm, I'm involved in my church as well. So that's another way sure. to network. Uh, and, and I always laugh because uh, I golf a couple times a week and uh, I always get crap about that from some of my customers and stuff. <laughs> I was my golfing again. And the funny thing is, um, you know, I'm on a couple of golf leagues, you know, and, and I've been on them for years, but uh, they bring in a lot of business. And so it's like, yeah. uh, it's like things like that, even, uh, you know, golfing or going to, uh, like you said, networking events. Uh, I am part of the Young Professionals Network as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Chamber of Commerce uh, kind of sponsors that. So as, mu as many groups as you can be a part of and as many different things as you can do, even if you think, uh, you know, uh, a bowling league or a bowling tournament or something or golfing, maybe I shouldn't go to that. I'd say go because um, that's where you meet people and you create those long-term uh, bonds with people. And uh, when they trust you, they're going to come in your store. And uh, we've seen that time and time again with uh, with everything gary was a part of like kiwanis and fordney and rotary yeah and all those clubs and he did so many of them that um you know we would see people coming in all the time from those clubs uh looking for gary looking for product and uh you know wanting to purchase something so that's uh you know that's what those groups are for is uh, the networking and the bonds that they create definitely well um I would say also if you if you don't know much about our association, the North American Hardware and Paint Association, I'm doing our own little plug here. Um, we opened our doors, you know, Paint and Decorating Retailers Association was around for years and they closed last year. And so we wanted to make sure that um, you guys still had an association. We're continuing to publish the magazine, um, but there's a lot of resources through us. And so, um, you know, we'd love for you to be involved with us and every year we actually do our young retailer of the year awards so if you're uh, if you're under 35 I, I assume you are but i don't know i don't know what how old you are um <laughs> if you're if you're 35 or younger um we we're announcing our new group this year but next year um you can apply and you might be one of our uh, young retailers and typically we have people come out to vegas for the award ceremony it's a big it's a big deal you're on the magazine cover um, and it's for both hardware and paint retailers. So uh, there's there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of things that, that we offer as well. And so I always encourage, you know, if I'm talking to someone and I'm like, I don't know if they know much about us, um, you know, just letting you guys know that we are a resource for you as well. So. Excellent. Yeah. Um, well, I think we kind of, we covered a lot of bases. Is there anything else that you'd want to share with our, our listeners or anything that, you know, maybe someone's passing through Michigan. Can they can they pop in and see your store? Like anything oh, else yeah. you want to share with them? Yeah, we'd love uh, anytime anybody wants to stop and see our store. We'd love that. Um, I would tell any uh, listener, uh, if they're business owner manager, um, and you have an opportunity to uh, take a risk and do something new, um, definitely do it. I think uh, I know yeah. I've done that with a couple things, uh, and I think whether it's a product or an idea, um, I think all of our ideas are worth a shot. And I'd tell people to uh, go for it because I think. Uh, I think this is a great economy right now and uh, it's a great time to take uh, advantage of those opportunities. Well, it's been so good getting to chat with you and, and we're really happy you got to be on the show with us today. And yeah. who knows, you might you might meet some new people through the industry or we'll reach out, shoot you a message or find your store online and, and want to connect, so. Sure, thanks Renee, appreciate it. Yeah, of course.
As an independent retailer, you have the opportunity to serve a diverse customer base by employing people who reflect the demographics of your community. For Gina Schaefer, owner of a few cool hardware stores, a 13-store operation in Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, analyzing her company's hiring practices, turnover rates, and employee satisfaction helped ensure she was hiring and leading a diverse team. Learn more by tuning into NHPA's April 21st webinar on how to lead diverse teams at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Register to attend the webinar today by visiting yournhpa.org webinars.